Welcome to another edition of the Dementia Care Partner Talk Show. Now, here's dementia care expert Tifa Snow and your host, Greg Phelps. Hello and welcome to the Dementia Care Partners podcast brought to you by Positive Approach to Care. I'm your host, Greg Phelps, along with Tipa Snow. And Tipa, our topic today may be a little painful for some of our listeners, myself included, both families and professionals. Been reports in the past, but there seem to be far more lately about something called chemical restraint. So before we dive too far into that topic, maybe you can explain what is meant by chemical restraint. Okay. Yeah. So we give medications to individuals to uh, help them. I mean, that's that's generally why you're giving someone a medication. In this case, the reason for the medical medication that we're giving someone is to restrain their behavior. We actually want to use it as a restraint. So we have physical restraints. So we put cuffs on people, we, you know, put their hands behind their back, we hold them down, we, we, we do things to chemically, uh, physically restrain them, and a chemical restraint restrains the person's abilities. So the purpose of the medication is for no reason other than to restrain the individual's ability to interact, to talk, to move, um, to engage, to uh, resist care. We, we like to use terms like resist care, um, abuse people, uh, become aggressive. So, I mean, we have this rationale of um, causing no harm to others or to the environment or to themselves. But in fact, we're chemically restraining, just like we could physically restrain someone. So, you know, a chemical restraint is something you give someone so that they can't do things. Are we still using physical restraints in combination with this, or are the chemicals so powerful that they just knock my butt out and I'm on the bed? Um, because you will come out of a chemical restraint, classically, additionally, there are physical restraints used in these situations, particularly in acute care. Um, we've limited their access and use in many other settings, I would say. Although, you know, one might argue that if you do a chemical and then somebody starts to come out of it, then you apply the chemical again. So, I mean, you know, um, we have eliminated a lot of physical restraints in many settings. So side rails on beds, um, wrist restraints, body restraints, uh, seat belts and wheelchairs, um, chairs that tip back and, and have a tray across the front. I mean, so they're called either active or passive physical restraints. Um, we do put our hands on people. And I, you know, I certainly am very aware of people using two or three individuals to hold someone still so that clothing can be removed, briefs could be changed, bodies could be washed, um, a variety of things. I mean, it's, it's not an uncommon practice. I wish it were an uncommon practice in the field of dementia. I don't want to paint all care partners as mm. being bad. And there may be a time for certain things, but I, I think I now I can't remember what series it was on that we were talking about, or you were talking about a mm -hmm. woman in emergency with a hip fracture, and nobody had picked it up, so they thought it was a behavior issue with mm -hmm. her, and finally uh, they came to the realization that she was in extreme pain. 
Yeah. I mean, and that's one of the challenges when we apply a chemical restraint without understanding the reason behind what we're seeing or hearing or experiencing. Um, and we don't even know someone's story. So, you know, one of our challenges, we know that there's, we should have in trauma-informed care. And when we start using chemical restraint unrestrainedly, um, or without finding the background out or, or trying to scope things out, we often, um, it's, it's abusive. I mean, it really is overuse because it's not us being really curious about what else could be causing this or what's the reason underneath this and what else could we do differently that would make a difference. And it's a quick fix. I mean, it's a very quick quote unquote, quick fix, it, it's going to do something that will take away the thing that's bothering me as the carer. And it's, and quite honestly, I mean, little annoyances over a long period of time often wear a care person down, whether it's a family member or professional. I mean, it's like, if she yells one more time, I, I'm, I've got to finish. And it's so distressing to me that it becomes something major rather than she's asking for something. And it, she it's not something. unusual to hear, what time is it? What time? Help, help, Something help. along those lines. Like, yeah. But when you go to ask, well, she can't articulate. Well, I can just about guarantee if you give her a chemical restraint, it won't help her articulate what she's asking for. So, it, so um, we should... If I have a problem, you can ask me, you know, well, where mm -hmm. does it hurt? That sort of thing. So is this where the problem lies? Is that the communication maybe simply isn't possible anymore? Well, I think the communication is happening just fine. I think we're not liking the way the oh, communication we're not is occurring. Oh. Mm. <laughs> because what we have is someone who's trying to show us and tell us and give us information about what they're not wanting, what they're not liking, what they don't trust, what's not working for them. And we don't want to hear that. I mean, we have another game plan. We have an agenda. And so I think what we already have on our hands is an argument. And one of us is in a position of power um, where we have we have like both the idea that we have right on our side and we have might on our side and yet we feel disempowered by dementia and it's it's such an interesting dynamic and only we get to tell the story that people you know appreciate and so even at an international meeting I hear words like well you know when people are aggressive and when uh, where they're resistive to having their clothing change well you know you just you want your staff to know how to handle that. And it's like, yeah, I sure do. What, what do you think that answer is? Because I think I have a different answer than what I'm hearing the speaker talk about, frankly. There are so many uh, tips and techniques that you mm. could offer, but they don't really work on a podcast. So I'm, I'm going to urge people <laughs> to go to the website or see you in person yeah. or because there, there are so many things that can just make a care partner's life a lot easier. And, and again, I do want to apologize. I'm not slagging all oh. care providers, uh, but the fact is there are some people out there who are not as good as perhaps they might be. How's that a gentle way of saying it? Well, I think nobody prepares people for this. I mean, and so, you know, when a kid is doing something, if we don't like it, it's like, you need to go sit and time out or this is what's going to happen. And do we use chemical restraints on kids? It's temp. I don't, I'm just kidding. I, I, you know, I, it's really a question to ask ourselves. So what do mm -hmm. we do with kids? Yeah. And it's like, we pass them off. If you're smart, you recognize and go, you know, I need a break. She's yours for right now. Or we recognize we're at risk for abuse or neglect. I mean, 
there's an acknowledgement when we're around kids. It's the difficult part is recognizing the same thing as possible when what's happening isn't working for me. But the problem is me right now, not you. And yes, I can put it off as, you know, well, that's dangerous. And the question is, is it really? So I think both appreciating where somebody is coming from and trying to get them to talk and think more. It's more about the communication all the way down the line rather than being punitive. None of us want that, um, but I don't want it for anybody. So yeah, we have lots of techniques and strategies, but you gotta get started by going, I don't know that this is the way to go. Chemical restraint is chemical restraint. Let's pause. Tipa, thank you very much. Thank you, Greg. You've been listening to the Dementia Care Partners podcast brought to you by Positive Approach to Care. And this month, we want to highlight our PAC designated communities. These are groups of people who are working hard to make a positive difference in the world of dementia care and support. If you're part of an organization or agency and are interested in becoming a PAC designated organization, contact us at 877-877-1671 or info at tipasnow.com.